بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So the question about South Africa's relationship with Hamas has once again come to the fore and there's an international discussion going on as well as some local questions coming my way. On the international front, we all know and are very proud of the fact that South Africa has brought a case of genocide against the illegitimate state of Israel at the ICJ, the International Court of Justice. The presentation was amazing. May Allah cause justice to prevail on this uh, earth as well as in the world you're after. So I saw that after the proceedings, the South African legal team, they had to answer questions and some of the questions were related to the accusations of Israel against South Africa, that South Africa is now the legal arm of Hamas, which is of course a, a false accusation. But one of the legal representatives of South Africa, he answered this very beautifully. He said that the there is no Hamas base in South Africa. You'd find that the leaders are in Qatar and other places that are known and they have opened relationships with their states. As for South Africa, he said, we don't categorize Hamas as a terrorist organization. They are not a designated terrorist organization in South Africa as how they are in many other, especially Western countries and even more especially colonial ally countries. So, um, well, I added that, but that wasn't from him. Uh, what he also reminded me of was when Nelson Mandela was interviewed in the United States of America on a very, very big talk show. And they asked him about his relationship with Cuba and other places. And uh, his response was, you know, was so memorable. The The audience, they, they basically uh, just went berserk when, when he responded. He said that he wants the West to know, he wants America to know that your enemies are not necessarily our enemies. Those of us who share your struggle for human rights and against apartheid have been somewhat disappointed by the models of human rights that you have held up since being released in jail. You've met over the last six months three times with Yasser Arafat, who you have praised. You have told Gaddafi that you share the view on, and applaud him on his record of human rights and his drive for freedom and peace around the world, and you have praised Fidel Castro as a leader of human rights and said that Cuba was one of the countries that's head and shoulders above all other countries in human rights, despite the fact that documents of the United Nations and elsewhere show that Cuba is one of the worst. I was just wondering, are these your models of leaders of human rights? And if so, would you want a Gaddafi or an Arafat or a Castro? to be a future president of South Africa. One of the mistakes which some political analysts make is to think that their enemies should be our enemies. The same principle applies. Hamas is a haraka al-muqawama al-islamiyya. It is a Islamic resistance movement. And this is how it is to be understood. It is a resistance movement. So from the pro-Palestinian um, side, the reason why you don't find much attention given to the 7th of October is because for anybody who's been following the Palestine issue uh, for several years, and not just since the 7th of October, they would understand that the 7th of October was just another event in a series of events that has been taking place since 1948, but even before that, with the birth of Zionism, uh, 
So for this reason, you don't find much attention being given to the 7th of October. Whereas the Israeli narrative, the propaganda narrative of Israel, which would go something like, we are defending ourselves against the terrorist group, Hamas, who came in and invaded Israel on the 7th of October, killing, murdering and raping innocent civilians. And because this event was so uh, atrocious and so horrific, because this was an act of terror by a terrorist organization, the likes of um, of ISIS and Al-Qaeda and the like, this is what they say, therefore Israel has the right to defend itself against this organization, against this militant terrorist group, and they will do so at all costs, basically. Uh, this is why they have been doing what they are doing in Gaza. This is why they've been carrying out a genocide. This is the pretense, this is the pretext uh, with which they are justifying their genocide. So the reason why pro-Palestinian voices don't give this much attention, again, is because it is not a significant argument when even the United Nations coming out very early on said that the 7th of October did not happen in a vacuum. Now, in relation to responding you know, to Hamas and responding to questions about Hamas, you will notice on international shows based in the colonial uh, empires, uh, such as the United States and the UK and the like, that on those talk shows, you would find that even the strongest pro-Palestinian voices would be very reluctant to voice any support for Hamas because in their estimation, Hamas is a terrorist organization, the countries that they are speaking in. So even if the speaker, the person being interviewed, views Hamas as a resistance movement, they would be considered uh, they would be considered acting outside of the law if they were to voice any support for this designated terrorist organization. But again, alhamdulillah, we are South Africans and their enemies are not our enemies. And Hamas has not been designated as a terrorist organization here because we've already fallen for that joke and we've already experienced it and we have already woken up from that nightmare. The categorization terrorist, right? This doesn't cut, cut much ice in most parts of the world. And I'm reading here from uh, Shattering 100 Zionist Myths. Every single liberation organization, every single liberation organization has been categorized as terrorist. The British used to claim that Archbishop Makarios, now widely accepted by Greek uh, Cypriots to be the father of the nation, was a terrorist. The British used to say that Mau Mau movement in, in Kenya, the Mau Mau movement, was terrorist, as was, wait for it, the ANC in South Africa. The USA used to say that Viet Cong were terrorists, and the French used to say the same of the FLN in Algeria. This is an old imperial game, categorizing your enemies as beyond the ethical pale. Let's just focus in on South Africa for a second because this is most relevant to me and for the time we find ourselves in. Did you know that the father of South African democracy, President Nelson Rolihlahla Mandela, was categorized as a terrorist and the ANC as a terrorist organization in the United States till approximately 2008? 
The United States, the UK, and Israel were some of the last countries to still voice their support for the apartheid regime in its dying days. Did you know that other than being called a terrorist organization, the Umkunto Wesizwe, specifically the Spear of the Nation, the armed military wing of the ANC that was headed by Nelson Mandela, after the Sharpeville massacre on the 21st of March 1960, if I recall correctly, where so many students' lives were taken in a massacre, the Mkunto Wesizwe movement, the Spear of the Nation, started taking military action against the government of uh, South Africa, the apartheid government at the time. And their targets were often civilian infrastructure and, uh, you know, industrial infrastructure and the like. They received military training and they were accused of acts of terrorism and they were designated as such. So we have already seen this, but we've also then realized that lo and behold, they were not in fact terrorists. They were fighting for their freedom, hence freedom fighters. And now they are celebrated and lauded as such because, of course, uh, the world has now unanimously accepted that apartheid is an evil crime. But what the world has not unanimously accepted is that it is exactly that and so much worse that is being perpetrated by Israel since 1948 and before. So when Israeli media and Western colonial media puts forth the narrative that they are fighting against terrorists who killed, murdered and raped innocent civilians, don't you think you should at least put a big question mark and ask yourself, hmm, they did this before and then we found out that they were lying. Maybe they are doing it again. You have to really decide on whose narrative you are going to be accepting. Will you accept the narrative that is being force-fed down the mainstream Western media such as CNN, Fox News, Sky Media and the like? Or will you look at the other perspective like, the narrative from the Palestinian people themselves, from Eastern media sources such as Al Jazeera, and even local South African reliable sources of information that have these sources on the ground in Gaza and Palestine. It's difficult to navigate if you, if you don't understand the backstory of colonialism and the colonial powers and how they operate and how they just designate any of the colonized people, people who they seek to ethnically cleanse as the other or the foreigners or the terrorists and the like. So I've received a question on the local front from a new Muslim uh, along these lines. And much of what I've said now has already sort of addressed that. But I wish to thoroughly address the question because I believe that there may be other certain uh, confused individuals, people on the fence, perhaps new Muslims. And uh, people who just simply don't quite receive the other side of the narrative. So here's the, the voice note. The topic is regarding the whole thing with um, Israel and Palestine. Obviously, I've been posting things. And, and one of my good friends is Israeli. He's quite old. He's 57. He's born and bred a Jew. We had a discussion. And he brought up the Hamas, which is obviously... Um, a group, I'm sure you know who they are, um, militant organization that is funded by who, Iran, whatever the case is, but the agenda. Here we have the first framing of the narrative. It's obviously a militant organization 
funded by Iran. Now, you will notice that the only time that this addition of funded by Iran comes up, you know, so quickly is when the framing of the narrative comes from an Israeli source. Because for them, Iran is enemy number one and Hamas is just a proxy. And uh, it's really uh, it's really Iran who they who they regard as the as the real boogeyman. So be that as it may, so the framing itself tells me exactly where this information came from. This is not the the type of information where it comes across as, you know, Hamas, the resistance movement of the Palestinian people fighting against the occupation, the illegal occupation, fighting against the 17-year-long siege of Gaza controlled by land, air and sea, fighting against the inhuman uh, treatment that they have to face on a daily basis, fighting against the imprisonment of innocent men, women and children, children who you've seen being released by Israel in exchange for some of the hostages, which we'll get to. Why were there children in jails uh, again and, and so many women? When you don't hear the narrative being framed as Hamas or the Palestinian resistance who are fighting for basic human rights, fighting to get their homes back that they were that they were expelled from in 1948, that their forefathers were massacred for in 1948 in events such as Deir Yassin and the like. When you don't hear it framed like that, and you simply hear militant group funded by Iran, you can kind of expect uh, what's about to come further along. And again, I'm not blaming the brother who sent the question. This is an analysis of the framing and people's... Uh, people's reception of information from different sources. And I, I, I want to be analytical about this so that we can understand exactly how to address it. It's very violent and they, in, they kill innocent Israelis, you know, the things that they're doing is just something that you and I won't condone. Like a normal person looking at what they're doing, saying, no, this is, this is a bit violent, you know, killing innocent people is a different thing. If they were actually retaliating or defending um, attacks against our people in Gaza, you know, with the armies and stuff, taking out soldiers and that type of thing, you know, weaponized attacks, but going in and killing and raping innocent people, that is not something that we could condone. But I just wanted to get your um, opinion on this, because obviously you know. Okay, so there's a lot um, right there. What they are doing is killing, raping, murdering innocent Israelis. I would assume that you're referring to the 7th of October because beyond that, you don't find a daily occurrence of Israelis being killed uh, by anyone, for that matter. You would hear them claim that, you know, every day they, they experience the brutality of these terrorists. But here's where we need to start asking the serious questions. Where's the evidence? According to Hamas, they entered on the 7th of October and targeted military targets. What happened beyond their mission of targeting military targets and taking hostages with the hope that they could exchange those hostages for hostages that were taken by the Israelis? Why am I using the word hostages? Because that's exactly what it is. When you take someone and you incarcerate them without any trial, without any uh, reason for incarcerating them, that's taking a hostage. That's not uh, you know, going through a judiciary system as they like to claim. So on the 7th of October, they went over this billion dollar wall, security wall, and they executed a military mission of note because they took the Israeli army by uh, 
by surprise and some people would contend and say no uh, you know Israel must have known about it and the like I don't think uh, I'm willing to to give that to Israel I think that they were quite sophisticated and they were quite uh, sharp in the execution of this military campaign this military campaign of resistance were innocent people killed yes according to many reports by Israeli soldiers themselves who have a policy of uh, just killing everyone when an incident such as this takes place even their own and you've seen them killing their own hostages hands up white flag clearly not arab clearly not hamas but they kill their own uh, their own hostages in gaza so it's no it's it's not surprising and um you saw the death toll it started at i think over 1400 it went to 1400 then 1200 it's now less than 1200 and it keeps decreasing how is that possible you saw that uh, the claims came out they beheaded 40 babies and then it went viral and then the apologies came out no they didn't see any evidence of beheading 40 babies but the damage is done the propaganda is leaked and the words kept getting repeated even by the united states president then you found the allegations of rape you know mass rapes coming uh, coming out and and that also went viral yet you find not a single actual case of rape has been presented and uh, of course this is an easy one to hide behind because you can say well the identities of these women need to be protected and the like but bear in mind that hamas when they conducted the military uh, the military campaign on the 7th of october they had video footage of everything of everything that they were doing and they broadcast uh, much of this live and and other in others in, in in recordings bearing in mind the strict islamic ethos and obviously some people are going to contend that but if you read up about hamas and you read up about who they are and, and how they uh, actually conduct themselves and how they train it's quite plausible i find it very hard to believe considering the fact that the information came from the idf the same sources that made up stories about beheaded babies the same people who murdered their own Uh, by the testimony of many of the survivors of the 7th of October uh, the, by the same people who continuously lie about basically everything who plant evidence that even BBC and CNN and other western media outlets seriously question who target hospitals and then claim that they found evidence of a Hamas military base which was supposed to be the biggest military base they found a calendar with some names on it it turned out to be the names of the week this is the idf uh, who controls you know cnn cnn's information taking them into gaza showing them around controlling where they go controlling what they what they say and also getting the final say on the on the edit that's going to go out this idf you believe this idf's narrative of what hamas did on the 7th of october and you won't believe what hamas themselves say because of course if you come to this story from the perspective of an islamophobe from the perspective of a palestinian hater from the perspective of a zionist then certainly you're going to say well i believe the idf because this is the most moral army in the world Yeah that's your choice to make what i would say is that the 7th of october was for the group itself for hamas itself it must have been overwhelming because of the the level of success they, that they managed to attain and this is by their own testification they said that they did not expect to be as successful in the achievements as they were 
remember, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into those details, but the level of of sophistication of security of that fence is, uh, it's the best in the world, apparently. They came by land, they came by sea, they came by air. They came paragliding uh, into Israel, uh, occupied Palestine. They conducted this tremendous military expedition that I won't lie for a second. We were cheering this on because this was the biggest slap in the face of the the occupation, the Israeli occupation, that they've received since probably ever. Um, To be be defeated in this this humiliating manner by a group of, according to them, ragtag uh, guerrilla, guerrilla operators. In the overwhelming nature of this day, were innocent lives taken? I believe... It, it could have been. Were people raped? I have not seen a shred of evidence about that, except the testifications of the IDF and people who just regurgitate whatever the IDF says. Were the atrocities committed? Was it a horrific experience for the people who lives in or lived in southern occupied Palestine or what they refer to as Israel? Was it a horrific experience for them? Absolutely. Do we condone... The famous question, do you condone Hamas? Right? Do you condemn Hamas? So do we condone, you've asked the question, do we condone Hamas? So what you've done there is, you know, if you, if you understand Hamas is equal to those actions that you listed, then you ask, do you condone Hamas? It's tantamount to you asking, do you condone those actions? I would like to answer the question by saying, number one, I don't believe that Hamas committed the atrocious things ascribed to them by the IDF and by the Israeli government. I don't believe it for a second, as much as I don't believe that there was a military base under the Ashifa hospital, as much as I didn't believe that the Al-Ahli hospital was a rocket that misfired and suddenly had the power to destroy an entire hospital and kill 800 people instantaneously. Just like I don't believe that Israel has been successful in Gaza. Just like I don't believe that Israel is innocent and only defending themselves. Just like I don't believe that they have the right to defend themselves because they are the occupier and they are attacking the occupied people whom they occupy. I don't believe any of it because I see through the lies ridiculous lies at times. I mean, the calendar, right? And the the fake news that the Israeli government representatives spread around, a scene from a movie, and then they say that it's evidence of Palestinians faking their deaths. So I don't believe that. If you choose to believe that, this is the framework under which you need to consider uh, your choice. But I don't believe it uh, for a second. When you ask that question, let's change the question. Is it true that Hamas committed those heinous crimes of of murdering innocent people, of raping women, of beheading babies uh, and the like on the 7th of October? I would say, uh, no, it's not true. Why am I saying that? Because I haven't seen any evidence for it. Were innocent people killed? Yes, but what's our definition of innocent people here? Because considering the policy of Israel to enlist basically everyone into the army, that's the first problem when you speak about Israeli civilians, number one. The second problem is that they have in the area that they attacked, not what we call civilians, but what we call settlers, 
Israeli settlers. These are people illegally occupying uh, Palestine and they're calling it Israel. Who's a civilian? Who's innocent? Who's a settler? And who is the military? To add to that, we have the reports of Israeli soldiers killing their own people. Now that we've mentioned all of those you know, considerations, I would like to state that it's still very possible that innocent people were killed and were killed by people from Palestine. Were they Hamas uh, members themselves? Were they Mujahidun themselves that did that? Probably not. I think that along with the Mujahidun going over, the opportunity arose for so many Palestinians to, for the first time in their lives, go on the other side of the wall and see the land that was once their fathers and mothers, see the land that they've been that they've been uh, that they've been yearning for and that they've been oppressed for and that they've been uh, that they've been robbed of for the first time. Was it possible that, like you saw, a group of youngsters just grabbing? Uh, you know, people from the music festival, putting them on bikes and carrying them off, acting on their own orders as opposed to acting on the military orders from Hamas itself. Are all those possibilities there? Absolutely. And is it possible that Hamas themselves committed murders? Am I saying that no, they are free from all guilt whatsoever? No, it's possible. Does Islam condone murdering innocent people? No, Islam does not condone murdering innocent people. Uh, Non-combatants are not to be harmed in a state of war. There's two things here. We don't condone that, but we cannot jump to the conclusion that they actually did those things. Number one, send in a third party, see what has taken place. If it can be established that Hamas has in fact uh, done the things that have been ascribed to them, if they are guilty of those things and they transgress the laws of Allah, then that should be dealt with. But let that not distract us from the main problem here. As the United Nations Secretary General mentioned, the 7th of October did not happen in a vacuum. And he wasn't trying to justify the atrocities of the 7th of October either. He was trying to say that, look at the cause of all of this. The cause of all of this is the occupation, the illegal occupation of Palestine. And unless and until you sort that out, you're going to find 7th of October's happening again and again and again. If they committed this, they should be held accountable. So we don't give blanket support for whatever truly happened on that day, the nature of which, I guess at this point, only Allah knows, right? God alone knows. I'm never going to believe the IDF about it. I'm never going to believe American uh, researchers about it and the like. Send in the United Nations. You know, let's listen to them. Send in Amnesty International. Send in Human Rights Watch. Send in Beth Salim. Uh, let them do the assessments and uh, see the evidence and then we can talk right, as to whether we condemn what took place there on that day. Then beyond that, we would like to say, you know, we give support to the Palestinian resistance because they are fighting against an oppressive regime, an oppressive apartheid regime that has been deemed officially as an apartheid regime by Human Rights Watch, Amnesty International, Salim, which is an Israeli organization. Israel is in, in, is in contravention of countless UN resolutions, they are breaking so many international laws, and now with the case of genocide at the ICJ. So is this the regime whose narrative we're going to believe about Hamas? No, I'm not. That's my choice. Uh, as a South African citizen, I give my support fully to Hamas for as long as Hamas 
obeys the laws of God and obeys the laws of uh, what we can universally regard as the rights of mankind from the Quran uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ascribes it. I completely support them and uh, I believe everyone should. Right? And I believe that people shouldn't fall for the propaganda, the uh, fake news by Israel, the IDF and their allies. How do we know that they are this uh, resistance movement as opposed to what Israel is saying? We have, besides personal links in the sense of we've actually spoken to the political leadership of Hamas, we've actually spoken and interacted with people on the ground in Gaza and in Palestine, because of this, and much of this is online as well, right? We know the people we are speaking about um, and we've experienced what they describe. This is why you find such close ties between South Africa and Palestine, because we know what oppression is like. So my dear brother, you sound South African, you sound uh, Cape Townian, in fact, and I would go as far as saying you sound like a Cape Khaled or Cape Malay. Uh, I believe you, you to be a new Muslim. So let me say this very clearly. As much as Nelson Mandela and the Unkunto where the military wing of the ANC was not a terrorist organization, but instead they were fighting for our freedom and the liberation of this country, as much as that is true, so is, is it true that Hamas and Fatah and every other uh, Islamic Jihad and every other uh, resistance movement in Palestine should get our full support, even though they may not be angels, even though they may make mistakes, even though they may break some laws, let us deal with their breaking of the law at a different stage. But right now, they are in a desperate state, fighting for their survival, fighting for their liberation, fighting for the end of a 75-year-long occupation. And for that reason, I will be the last person to say, oh yes, I condemn Hamas. No way. Because I'm South African. And that's the like of somebody condemning me as a colored South African and my forefathers for uh, what they had to do in the 1980s, in the 1970s, the 1960s, in uh, the, the resistance against apartheid. And they would have condemned us. They would have said, you know, those colored terrorists or those, uh, those ANC terrorists or those terrorist supporters. And they would have killed us like they did with Imam Abdullah Harun. Uh, they would have killed us for resisting. Any form of resistance will be silenced. I am very, very unashamedly in support of Al-Hamas. The Haraka al muqawama al-Islamiyah. And I believe that the sooner we realize that the Palestinian people are Hamas and Hamas are the Palestinian people, the sooner we will realize that the entire pretext for Israel's genocide against Gaza is a farce. To get rid of Hamas, right, is actually to get rid of all of Gaza. Yes, the women and children and elderly may not be actively fighting, you know, in the tunnels against the occupier uh, like the men are. But the women and children and elderly and the like are the wives, the sisters, the mothers, the daughters, the fathers, etc. of those men. What did you expect them to do? Peaceful resistance, right? You mentioned uh, at one point that they should have attacked the soldiers. Well, that's exactly what they did on the 7th of October, number one. Number two, for them to be able to attack soldiers, actual soldiers, right, and, uh, and armies, you need to actually give them an army. What they did was with homemade weapons, with guerrilla warfare, sophisticated, well-planned 
uh, attacks on the security infrastructure in order to get what they got right. Now that Israel has actually invaded Gaza and they're fighting on the ground, now Hamas is giving them a hiding and a half. Abu Ubaidah, may Allah strengthen him and the Islamic resistance, he mentioned that uh, they have to date destroyed like a thousand tanks. You know how embarrassing that is for, for Israel? This is resistance. This is uh, absolute resistance. Uh, what we've seen from them, will it will be etched in my memories forever. Right? You talk about uh, David and Goliath. Subhanallah, the, the scenes of of the Mujahidun placing a, a uh, anti-armor missile on a tank, like walking up to the tank, running up to the tank, placing it on the tank and running away. Those scenes are just going to be etched in my memory forever. So it, it's not pretty, you know, it's really not pretty, but neither was the Mkunto Besizwe and the ANC uh, back in the day. It's not pretty, but it's necessary when you're fighting for your life and for your freedom. I hope and I pray that Allah will grant them the strength. That's why I can safely say that we absolutely support Hamas. We don't support the horrific things that they falsely ascribe to Hamas, right? but I don't believe that those are true ascriptions. I believe them to be propaganda through and through, while at the same time I do believe that there were atrocities that took place and that if that happened to uh, you know, genuinely be proved in a court of law, whether that be the ICC or the ICJ or any other court of law uh, with trustworthy and objective um, witnesses and the like, third parties who we can trust, then take them to task. And I'm sure that those who, who committed atrocities would be would be ready and willing to pay the price if it means that consequently they liberate their people and they find a better future for their progeny. I'm sure that they would. So I hope that answers at least that part of the question. So let's uh, listen to the rest, inshallah. Do we condone Hamas and the agenda? Do we side with them? Do we support what they're doing? Or is there, or have they been approached to sort of stop what they're doing? Is there protest? action or is there any kind of like I say an agreement or you know something put in place where they're going to stop doing what they're doing and maybe turn the agenda into a more righteous one defending the people of God instead of attacking innocent people on the other side because at the end of the day you know if it's innocent human life that they shed it's, it's, it's not right but do we support the Hamas or are they some kind of radical Islamic fact or who are they and and, and, and is there anything to being done to sort of stop what they're doing? Do we support Hamas? Yes, we do. Because they are resisting an occupation. They are resisting oppression. They are resisting an apartheid regime. Uh, do we support what they stand for even more so? Yes. Are they radical? Probably. I mean, wouldn't you be, after being oppressed for 75 years, wouldn't you be a bit radical? Wouldn't you be a bit extreme in, in your ways? I don't believe them to be extremists or fundamentalists. But, uh, I mean, considering what, what most people understand thereby, uh, have they been spoken to? <laughs> have they been spoken to in the sense of, like, have they been told, like, please stop? Yes, they've, they've given clear, clear, clear directives to the world. Stop the occupation, end the occupation, right? End the apartheid. Exactly what happened in South Africa, basically. <laughs> Just do that. End this idea of this colonial settler state that just came and claimed their land, kicked them out, kicked their parents out, forced them into the largest concentration camp in the world. 
besieges them for 17 years, kills them daily, even when they protest peacefully, like in 2018 with uh, uh, the March to Return or something like that, the Great Return, where they peacefully protested in Gaza and were sniped in a, in a, in a vicious way, where, where the soldiers aimed for their, for their knees and the like. They've tried peaceful resistance. They've tried negotiations. They tried a two-state solution. Go and look and read history. You'll find they tried everything in the book. And as they've reiterated time and time again, unfortunately, this evil Nazi Zionist regime, they only understand the language of violence. And we can see that the world has woken up only after the 7th of October. Do you know how many Palestinian lives have been taken between 1948 and the 7th of October? Do you understand how many times Israel have, has carpet bomb, bombed Gaza and destroyed it? Do you understand how many Palestinians lost mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, husbands, wives? Our concern is, can, can they stop? Can they rather defend Gaza? This is the only way they can defend Gaza. This is the only way they've uh, they've managed to defend the people others have the idea of they must suffer in silence well uh, i think that's a sickening thing to to say you know should i have suffered in silence should my parents have suffered in silence in the apartheid regime should imam abdullah harun have suffered in silence and just uh, allowed you know because we could we could go to the masjid and so forth we, we could do what we needed to do it didn't matter that we were kicked out of several places it didn't matter that i would have grown up in cork bay uh, but i i didn't i grew up in steenburg not that that was a problem at all so what should they do i hope that this clarifies uh, the issue but unfortunately your your questions are also revealing a couple of things it's it's revealing the fact that as a new muslim you're kind of forced into this corner where you feel like you have to take sides, where you have to um, you have to now move over, but you don't quite understand how to take the side. And you're asking your, your teacher now, look, uh, do we support Hamas or are they radicals? Because you actually heard elsewhere that they are radicals. And I understand um, the predicament that you are in. It, it speaks about how still till this day for many people, we are unconcerned human beings about this issue because we see it as a religious issue, as a Muslim versus Jew issue, as a Muslim versus Christian issue, when in reality it is a Zionist versus human beings issue. And that's the bottom line. So now that you've become a Muslim, I assume that you have, you find yourself in this conundrum whereby you feel compelled that you now need to take Aside, and you now need justification for that side. I, I, I don't think this is the right approach at all. It's obvious based on some of the the questions, and and you know, may Allah guide you and increase you, and I love you for the sake of Allah. It's obvious that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of, of 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 matters that you need to become uh, aware of, right, in order to uh, in order to gain some clarity, because your question is obviously loaded. So I can read a lot into it, you know, what you've been exposed to, what you know and what you don't know. And I don't blame you for it. You're still busy probably learning the basics of Salah, the basics of Islam. You're getting ready for Ramadan. So you just wanted a, a basic breakdown. Unfortunately, in, in relation to the world's most serious crime against humanity, you know, there's no shortcut in this regard. We all need to educate ourselves. We need to read a bit uh, about Palestine. And if you find it too difficult to get yourself to read a serious book 
about Palestine. I would actually recommend a simple one. It's very easy read and very beneficial. I would recommend Shattering 100 Zionist Myths, the book that I have here in front of me. Shattering Zionist Myths, 100 Distortions Identified by Feroz Osman. I think it's a South African author. It's an easy read because it's like in bite-sized you know, pieces. Israel's entire defense is around Hamas. It's all about Hamas, like Hamas started this whole thing on the 7th of October. Or Hamas, this terrorist group that only started like the, in the year 1987, 1988, 1989, somewhere around there. Hundreds of thousands of Palestinians were murdered before Hamas came into existence. So how do we explain that? How do we explain the fact that more than 300 Palestinians have been murdered in the West Bank where Hamas is, is not in control. Uh, the West Bank is not Gaza. So how, since the 7th of October, have more than 300 Palestinians been murdered? How have they been murdered in the West Bank? Like, explain that when there's no Hamas. So, you know, it's very important that you, that you get a solid understanding of these things and you don't take my word for it. And don't just take my... A uh, bold statement of saying, well, we support Hamas, we support the Palestinian resistance. Don't just take that on its face value and now say, okay, I'm also going to support Hamas. I'm also going to support the resistance. No, I think you should educate yourself about the realities of Zionism, about the history of uh, the Israel-Palestine issue about 1948, the great Nakba, about 1967. And I know it's like, oh, it's such a ship, you know, to have to go and learn about all those things. I get that and uh, I understand it to an extent. So for that purpose, I'm also going to recommend that there are so many, alhamdulillah, for that there are so many uh, online resources available in the form of YouTube videos from scholars. So I would recommend, you know, objective uh, academic scholars like Ilan Pape, like Norman Finkelstein, Gabor, Gabor Matt. These are often Jewish scholars, I think all of them are actually Jewish scholars, often Holocaust survivors. It's important to get their perspective as well because you are speaking to an Israeli or a Jewish person. But remember that you get Zionist Jews and you get non-Zionist Jews. So the Zionist Jews are those who are going to support Israel come hell or high water. Uh, and the non-Zionist Jews are the Jews who don't support the state at all. They regard it as an illegitimate state. They regard it as an oppressive regime. They stand with Palestine. So it's important that you understand the perspectives and then decide for yourself and make up your own mind after gaining the facts. But for now, I hope that my explanation suffices and uh, I pray that this was of benefit. As I said, and I'll say it time and time again, Islam is the religion that seeks to create peace. But peace with justice, man, not peace uh, according to, you know, what appeases the colonial powers. Peace with justice. That's all we want. And that is, that is exactly what Islam, you know, tries to establish. In the, in the move towards establishing that, we have to face all of these uh, all of these obstacles, but inshallah, the the road, the road to victory, as long as it was, I believe it's coming to an end. I believe that soon, very very soon, we shall see a liberated Palestine, a free Masjid al-Aqsa, a free Gaza, and we shall see some level of justice in this earth. Whatever justice we don't see in this earth, oh, there's a day of justice coming as well. And uh, those who committed these atrocities, those who are guilty of this genocide, even regardless of what the ICJ may say about this, uh, you know, whether they say it's a genocide, whether they don't say it's a genocide. Fact of the matter is, the day of reckoning is coming. As Allah says, 
inna ilayna iyabahum indeed to us is their return thumma inna alayna hisabahum then upon us upon allah is their reckoning not the icj not the icc no punishment in the world will be justice for what they've committed over this last 75 years in palestine and before that their punishment their recompense is with the creator uh, i hope i didn't offend you i just tried to be as thorough as possible and i saw this as a learning opportunity uh, for others who may be in a similar uh, boat as you i pray that uh, this is of benefit jazakumullahu khairan wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakat